everybody. This is episode 26 of All About the Birds. Johnny Uleka, Phil Stifle, and Jeff Warner. And the Washington football team is who the Eagles will be playing week one. How you guys think of that name? Meh. <laughs> it's not a name. That that's the no thing. idea what they're doing. It's not a name. That's the problem. Not at all. They just haven't figured out how to pay off the people that bought all the... Uh, the trademarks? All the other names. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, that is awful. The, the design for the uniform, they were having numbers on the helmet and they're going yeah, to keep like the same. Old, old, old school college football uniforms. Yeah. It's, it, it looks like Alabama, but with different with uh, gold instead of white as the second primary color. That's just, that, that whole team's a mess. It's just weird. So, touchdown football team. Which one? So, I don't know how they're... they're but that's great. So now the Eagles play Washington football team week one. It's like it's like Madden when you create your own team and you don't put the name. It's just football team. No, it's like it's like uh, it's like if you guys remember Tecmo Super Bowl when oh, they didn't yeah. have the rights to a rights to a player like the Eagles Randall Cunningham. They didn't have the rights to him, so it was Philadelphia Eagle number twelve throws the touchdown. <laughs> that's that's what's gonna be. But I just wanted to bring that up. We're gonna. Yeah, it's a great way to start off the show. I'm sure everybody tuned yeah, out already. Yeah, that's okay. I'm sure everyone's <laughs> everybody not. Everybody hit turn off right now. Unsubscribe. So, the Eagles made a couple cuts. Uh, well, the one was a player stepping away with the whole situation, which is understandable. And he was on the practice. He was on the practice squad last year, Keegan Render. And then they cut bait with Khalil Tate as a, a project guy, and they cut bait uh, Trevor Williams. You're gonna see that because I guess. They want to go to 80-man rosters, and with no preseason, because the NFL and NFLPA agreed there will be no preseason games. So these developmental type of prospects and developmental players and players that don't really have the greatest shot because a preseason game or two would maybe help them a little bit seeing what they have, you're going to see a lot of these players. They, they're, if they're going to be 80-man rosters, they're at 87 right now. They have to cut another seven players. So... Right there, you're gonna have a lot of you're gonna have 300 guys losing jobs um, because there's really there's no room to have extra 10 guys there when you don't have preseason games. Yeah. So a lot of those guys weren't gonna make the roster, even the practice squad to begin with. Um, yeah. The one that really jumped out at me was Trevor Williams. I thought he had a shot to at least compete for one of the the cornerback backup spots and all, but outside of that. I mean, there's really nothing that's really surprising out of any of those cuts. No, there's nothing really surprising at all. I just want to see who else that they're going to, you know, let go. And you're going to see a lot of the undrafted free agents. You're going to see the Killens or the Hollyfield or the or the uh, Warren. You're going to see guys like that. They're, they're going to get cut. There's just, you know, no ways around it. Well, there is – I did see there is talk about the practice squad. They're supposed to, they're supposed to expand it this year from 10 to 12 anyway, but there's talk about it jumping from between 12 to 16 players, you know, increasing the overall roster size, possibly instead of 67 to 71. That makes a little bit of sense. Now, up to six of the members of the practice squad will have no limitation on number of accured seasons. Basically, the team can have veterans on the practice squad, no matter how many years they played. Which is smart. It's almost in case there's an outbreak or in case there's something that happens, they have veterans 
on the practice squad to be able to fill in and not have all rookies playing. Because it's, it's going to happen. Because also, players get hurt. With there's no offseason, players are going to come in a little rusty, and you may see some injuries, unfortunately. And that's the name of the game. Anyway, you have injuries every year. But it's, it's going to be so different. But I feel like having the practice squad a little bit higher than the 12 it was supposed to be, that it already jumped... I think that's a little bit beneficial with having some of these younger guys on there to, you know, to be in the system, not necessarily playing, but learning a lot more. Now you can't see much with them when they practice, because you and I'm not sure how much scrimmage time they're going to have with other teams, if that's even allowed. No, no. <laughs> I thought Jeff, if Jeff looked like you were ready to say something there kind of had your mouth getting ready to move there. Eh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> just, just, just out. I'm sorry. Just working on this stuff. Eh, it's all right. Look, the hey, one hey. thing that really bothers me this far with the 80-man roster, with the practice squad, with the cuts, everything that's going on, it still comes down to, yeah, they have a testing protocol in place. We talked about that last episode. But what they do not have is... Like, clear guidelines for everything. At this point, rookies are already there. So, like, baseball has their bubble team. Basketball has three or four extra guys on the roster, you know. You got Mayor Shayok, you know, and guys like that that are on the roster and they're staying away so that, you know, you know that if somebody comes down with COVID, you've got ready players. Hockey's got a 31-man roster going to their bubble. What's football going to do when one or two players on a team test positive? They have not at this point put anything out there and I think that's still a major concern on what's going to happen to Eden. I mean I know Jeff said a hundred times that he still doesn't think the season's going to start on time or at all you know them not being able to have a system in place yet is very you know discouraging at this point you know May so, where, what are we at July 23rd year and they still haven't said anything yet so and ter- training camps are starting yeah. you know, taking your point there there's something here that says in the event of an outbreak the minimum amount of six practice squad players that can be promoted would be removed. An unlimited amount of players from the practice squad would be eligible for promotion to the active roster at any point up to 90 minutes before kickoff. So it says right, that... Right. But here's the thing with the practice squad. How many guys on a practice squad are actually protected from being poached? You can't have a 15-man practice. I think it's only three guys are protected or four guys. And if not, the rest of the team can get signed to a, a contract with another team. So there's got to be more protections on your practice squad because if you're stashing a veteran or somebody else on your practice squad as your, you know, COVID backup player, per se, you know, what's to say that another team doesn't have a breakout and steal someone from your practice squad? So that's something that needs to be addressed also with the league. Yeah, that's something they have to... Uh... I, don't, I don't know the exact protections on the practice squad, but there's a majority of your practice squad can get signed by any team as long as they're signed to a guaranteed... You know, contract. Well, the thing that the thing that a team can do, and I know the Eagles have done it in the past, is if somebody like what they did was last year with that Sua Opeda, the offensive lineman, he was going to be picked up by a team. So what they did was just they elevated him to the active roster. So that saved him from being poached from another team. So that's something that they can do to kind of combat that. But you know, for the practice squad players getting promoted immediately, a positive diagnosis of COVID nineteen must occur after four p.m roster transaction deadline teams can adjust their rosters to comp- 
compensate for positive tests accordingly. So there, I understand the rules aren't set in stone, but I feel like they're, the wheels are turning with that. And hopefully within the next uh, few days, they have even more concrete. Unfortunately, practice has already started and they haven't figured it out. And they haven't figured it out. I just looked it up. There's actually zero protection on the practice squad. The only rule being on a practice squad is that the team you're playing this week cannot sign someone from your practice squad. So if they even if they put 15 or 17 guys, another team has an outbreak, they could steal your entire practice squad. So the whole putting that, veterans on there doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But yeah. that also that also goes with other teams too. So say which, which is true, but that that's why the NFL needs to put a plan in place that protects people or protects the teams because they have to have that well, I, like I think the bubble team that baseball's doing is the perfect option. I think I understand that, but the other thing that you have to think about is if a player on the practice squad winds up not even getting in a game and had an opportunity to go play for say the chargers. Cause they had open spots and they had an outbreak of three or four people to get opportunity to go up and play. And they're not playing because they're somewhat safe. You know, it, it, it can go both ways. So with that, I understand, but how many actually get poached? One yeah, but two. if your if your thought process is you're putting your your guys that your your veterans or guys that could step in immediately, most practice squad guys don't step up immediately. No. They stay on the practice squad the whole year. You know, if if you're expecting to have three or four guys that could step up if an outbreak happens, a couple defensive players, a couple offensive players, right. a lineman or two, you you I'm can't have them getting that. poached. No, I'm not I'm not saying about like making an impact, but the guys who if a couple starters get some get COVID or get sick or something, and you have to elevate the practice squad to be backups. You're not elevating to be starters. Well, but mostly it's special teams wise. I think I think what Phil's trying to say is I would say I would say you're, I I understand what you're saying, Johnny. I would say you want to have that insurance policy if someone does get COVID or something like that. But what Phil's saying, other teams are gonna have to run into the same issues. So if they're getting COVID or uh, has a major injury and they feel that one of your guys on your practice squad uh, is capable of filling in for the, for them, and that's why they're, they're going to get poached, is I think what Phil's trying to say. Yeah. The, the, the NFL needs to come up with something, some of like minor league baseball, where like there's like a, not a minor league system, but like a stash where these guys are untouchable from any other team and somehow they still get paid or like an additional like not 53-man roster, but like an additional roster uh, of players that you can stash away for uh, for instances. So you, so these guys still like have jobs, still practicing, uh, still learning uh, the systems and get, getting their reps in there. Maybe you pay them a little bit more than the practice squad price. Yeah. Who so, knows? But there's got to be – I mean, you got you got with the Phillies with their bubble. I mean, you got a guy like Nick Williams. Whatever you think of him, we're not going to break down Nick Williams. <laughs> but if one of the Phillies out- outfielders, say McCutcheon, gets COVID, you know, the guy they, the guy on their bench, you know, Hazley or Quinn, whoever it ends up being, steps into his spot, well, you have Nick Williams, who's been practicing at Lehigh, ready to step up. And nobody else is able to poach him away if Nick Williams is better than somebody on their, you know, bubble team. So you have to have – a protected bubble, just you need one or two offensive linemen, one or two defensive linemen, a couple cornerbacks. You, you you need a wide receiver, maybe a running back, maybe even a quarterback on that bubble team. Because if, if you're only running with two quarterbacks on your roster, you, you need a third guy just in case. So with, with that, the other thing that they talked about was the discussion of the injured reserve changes. So what they're trying to do is 
change how teams manage their rosters this season. They have to, which you were just you know brought up. So it already it prompted the NFL to, you know, they create as possibly create a separate list for players who contract the virus. So basically, if someone contracts the virus, you put them on IR and you bring up a guy from the practice squad, basically. So that's that where I guess you can kind of say it's a little bit try to help it a little bit that way. But it even it even said about having unlimited amount of players being able to return. So after three they, weeks. They've also talked about eliminating the, the eight weeks or whatever it is that yeah. you can come off of the IR at any point in time. And this is going to be different. Everything is, everything's brand new here. So there's going to be so many different rules in play that has, that we've, we haven't had before. And you may, it may not have, have after this season if everything goes back to some type of normalcy, but. I'm still going to go back and say before players reported to baseball or to the bubble in Orlando, or before they report to one of the bubble cities for the NHL, all the plans were in place and set. It's a bad image. I mean, Roger Goodell is always worried about the shield of the NFL, the image of the NFL. It's a bad image that they don't have these plans in place. And rookies and select veterans are practicing right now. It's just bad for the game. It's bad for the image. And I think Roger Goodell should, for all the bad things or controversial things he's done in the past, I think this one takes the cake. Agreed. Yeah. I'm pretty passionate on that. I think, I think Roger Goodell is really dropping the ball here. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing is with, with football, yeah, he's dropping the ball, but are the fans not going to watch? That's the other thing. You know, he could be, he could be dropping the ball and they could, the thing is, it's not affecting the fans. The people it's affecting are the people who are working for them. And basically the players itself, those are, those are the people who are probably the most pissed off about it. And I would absolutely. If the protocols are in place. If I go back to work, and I go back into work, and I and they say to me, "Well, we don't really know. Um, we don't have masks. You can wear a mask, but we're not sure. Um, we don't really have thermometers, so they have to do this." Dude, if, those if digital thermometers are expensive. When we had one employee have a breakout, I had to go buy a digital one. Yeah. That thing was like fifty dollars. I didn't realize how expensive that was. Mm-hmm. Someone broke it, dropped it on the second day, and cracked it. Out of their paycheck. They, they, they must have got fired too. So uh, I can't fire anybody because nobody wants to work. That's that's for another podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's still starting called Nobody's Working. No, but yeah. um, none of my even, employees listen to the podcast, so it's okay. Slackers. That's right. But, but no, like I know they also came out with if fans are allowed in, they'll have to wear masks. Like there, there's not gonna be any fans. That's there's gonna be zero fans. Maybe Super Bowl Sunday. Well, but that's it. There's don't no say, fans who are going to be in a football game this year. Don't say there's not going to be fans because there's there's states who have um, governors and mayors and cities. Yeah, and they're having the governors. highest outbreaks of all of all the and states right now. Because I know I know that George, I think the George, I don't know if it was the governor or the mayor of Atlanta. I think it was the governor of Georgia said something about yeah, ten to twenty thousand fans. So don't put it past. Some stupidity. That's what that's what they're saying right now. I'll say we're oh, we're still over. A, a month and a half away till the season officially starts. I'll say this outbreak could definitely go in the wrong direction and all that's going to go out the window. Right. Not to get political on our podcast, but even Donald Trump, our president, put a mask on finally. <laughs> all right. So that just shows how we're not out of the woods and how, you know, there's going to be no fans, how we're even getting leagues off the ground. I have no idea, but they're figuring that out. But there will not be fans in the in the stadiums, guarantee. I would no. I would bet money on that. I wonder if there's a sports book betting odds on a prop bet on that because I would place money on that. 
And thank you, Phil, because now everyone tuned out when you mentioned. Uh, oh, there's about 38% of the country that likes Donald Trump. So 38% of our listeners might have stayed in. Well, well not talk about that, but. <laughs> not politics, yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Not at all. But, you know, there's more to come. There's more news to come. It's, it, it's, that, it's that time. Training camps are starting. And, you know, I'm looking forward to more news coming. And it gives us more info for this podcast. And with that, we're going to take a brief pause from a word from our sponsors. All right. Yo, I figured it out. You figured you it did? out? Yeah. So the second segment, if we want, we can record. Uh, I can record on here and make sure. Let me make sure that. All righty. Going to do some fantasy rankings again. Got tight ends this week. I'm going to start off with my top three, and then we'll go down the line with everyone else. Number one for me, George Kittle, San Francisco, do-it-all tight end. Uh, number two, Travis Kelsey. He's been a mainstay in the fantasy tight end circle for a number of years now. And number three, I got our own Zach Ertz. Um, just because it's Carson's guy, and he always seems to find him. So those are my top three. I don't know how they did. You really, you really went out on a limb there with that top three right I there. Know. I mean, we talked about it before the show started. <laughs> you know, the top ten tight ends are going to be pretty close to the same. Uh, there's no real, you know, shockers in it and all. But I, I, I will say I, I disagree. I think Kelsey is number one in fantasy for tight ends, absolutely. I mean, he's the best tight end in football. He's got the most consistent quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo's still got some passing issues. Their wide receivers are lax, so he gets a lot more double tight double teams, uh, you know, Kittle does. So I think it's Kelsey Kittle and Mark Andrews is number three, Lamar yeah. Jackson's favorite target. I was saying I'm pretty much pretty close to uh, same with you, uh, uh, Phil. Uh, yeah, if Kelsey won, I would say just the numbers, him and the chemistry that Mahomes have. Uh, Kittle, really, what other options does uh, Garoppolo uh, have there in, in San Fran? So he really only has George Kittle. Plus, Kittle's been a beast uh, for mm-hmm. fantasy the last couple seasons. And then I would say it's toss-up between Andrews and Ertz. I'm going to go Ertz because of the 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 Philly. Uh, and I would say I feel uh, Wentz uh, f- back fully uh, recovered, uh, over a year recovered from that injury. H- him and Ertz always have a great great chemistry and they just find a way to connect. And I think with the Eagles, other options uh, at, at uh, offensive weapons, I would say it's really going to open some things up for Zach Ertz in the passing game. Uh, and him, him and Goddard, I would say, I don't think Goddard's going to be a top 10, top 15, maybe not even top 20 this year, but I do feel the Eagles, when we're talking about tight ends, have the best tight end tandem in the, in the national football league with him and Goddard. And I would say you could see both of them uh, putting up numbers here and there each week. That, that's actually why I don't have Ertz in the top three because Goddard is going to get even more than he did last year. Goddard finished the 10th tight end. Well, yeah, hopefully. I'll say we, 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 we expected him to have a big season last year and look what the hell happened. We're, we're talking in fantasy terms, and he finished as the 10th tight end in fantasy points last year, and Ertz was fifth. And Ertz had a slight drop-off last year from the year prior, and I think Goddard will have a slightly bigger step. I actually have Goddard at nine and Zach Ertz at six. So I have Ertz coming a little further down. You have I got Goddard that Taylor. high? Yeah. I mean, he was he was a top ten guy last year, and he's only going to get better this year. I think maybe top, I top 15. I'll say the only, the only reason I say I think Ertz, 
he, he has a chip on his shoulder this uh, this season. I'll say he's playing for a new contract. He did have a down season last year after uh, everyone had high expectations from the, uh, from the Super Bowl year. Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel Ertz. I would say I, I still feel Ertz is going to get a decent amount of uh, w- targets. I just don't. I don't know. I, I, I think I, I'm, I think not, I'm not as high on Goddard as some people. I think the tight the, t- the touchdowns for Ertz are going to start dropping a little bit this yeah. year, a little bit more just like last year. And I like I said, so I also have I have at four five six. I got t- Tyler H- Higby, um, uh, Waller from Las Vegas, and then Ertz at six. Um, again, I mean we probably have the same guys in the top ten at somewhere, but sticking with Ertz, you know Goddard's going to get more of the touchdown looks. You know Jackson, if he's healthy, is going to get more touchdowns. You got Rager. You maybe have Alshon at some point this year. You know, Ertz's touchdowns are going to go down, and that's you know your big your big get with tight ends is the touchdowns. And Goddard's a bigger target in the red zone. Yeah. But the thing is, if you know Jackson's healthy, if Goodwin shows a little bit of something, has a speed, if Rager gives you that speed, what that does is that'll open up the middle. If those guys are going to be able to spread out the defense, opens up the middle for guys like Ertz and Goddard. To put up some numbers. Well, that so, that and different wide receiver sets. I'll say if they're gonna have three wide receivers and one tight end, of course it's gonna go, Goddard's gonna be the one, or not Goddard. Ertz is gonna be the one that's on the field over Goddard. So I say I feel Ertz is gonna get a little bit more reps. So I feel that gives him a little bit more opportunity. I'm not saying Goddard's not gonna put up numbers here and there or get or get his uh, get his catches and get his touchdowns. Uh, but I I just don't see a consistent week to week. If you have to go between Ertz and Goddard, I'll say the consistent week to week. I say you definitely have to go over Ertz. Oh, uh, with Ertz over Goddard. But I got for my four, five, six. I have Darren Waller from Vegas, Mark Andrews, and I have Hunter Henry from the Chargers. Yeah, now, Hunter Henry's Hunter a great Henry fantasy tight end. Yeah, but you got to look at that quarterback. Yeah, but also the health. That's the other thing, and that's the thing that may come into factor as well. So yeah, for right. four, five, six, I have Andrews at four. Uh, I have Ingram at five. I don't know. I, I feel I'll I, I say Ingram I'll say the Giants they really don't have a lot of passing uh, passing options for uh, Daniel Jones they have Barkley out of the backfield but the the tight end is always the security blanket especially for a young quarterback so I, I, I feel Jones he's going to target Evan Ingram quite a bit this season and I feel that's it's going to inflate his numbers but I'm not saying the Giants are going to be like a Super Bowl team because of it, but like I said, with fantasy, uh, Evan Ingram's. I th- I feel he's going to be the number one target for Daniel Jones in that offense besides Barkley, and he's going to get his touches. Uh, so four, five, and then six. Uh, at uh, Darren Waller from Vegas. Yeah, again, we're pretty much spot on, just slightly out of order with everybody. I think I think the last the last couple is gonna. That's where everyone's list is gonna be. The question is, Little where do, where does everyone have Gronk? That that's the real question. I have him in my bust list and not in my top. 10. Oh, same here. I have the same thing. He is not in my top ten. He's gonna be a bust. I think I've never. I, I have him ten. Whoop. Wow. Well, just because well, just because okay, just because of Brady. Part. Just because of Brady. Brady and Gronk. I'll say their chemistry, the fact that Brady could get Rob Gronkowski out of retirement, away from the Patriots and Belichick, the go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play football with him. I don't know. I just feel those. I understand there's a lot of the, the, Tampa Bay has a lot of weapons already, but I just feel Brady, their their chemistry, and they, they have something to prove and to go out there that hey, we can go win another one as a tandem. Them too. I just feel Gronk's kind of a major season. Yeah. The only thing we'll say is. 
that a it's the weapons that he's got he's never had two wide receivers at the same time like you know he does now but Gronk I'm and I'm building basing this off of right now maybe in two weeks three weeks my opinion will change a little bit on Gronk but Gronk lost a lot of weight he got a lot skinnier and he made his money going over the middle and taking hits and if he lost 20 or 30 pounds of muscle or weight overall he's going to take one of those big hits he's used to taking and his body might not be able to pop up from it yeah I, I agree, and I'll, I'll I, that, that's, and that's my main reason why it's it, that I have him out of my top ten is because of his body size. Also, can make it also open up some speed for him. It can make him a lot quicker for opposing de- defenses trying to control him. I'll get into my reason then once we go through. So, my seven through ten is number seven. I have Mike Gesicki, eight Austin Hooper, nine Hayden Hurst, and ten Dallas Goddard. So, I have Gesicki who. Really, the end of the year really came on for Miami, and he's a red zone threat for them. They targeted him. You just have him that high because he's a former Penn Stater. <laughs> when you watch some games, you may figure out he's actually a really good No, he's player. a good tight end. I'm not, I'm not denying it. I just I, 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 I have a little I resentment saw. for him because I had him on my fantasy team, I think, two years ago. Uh, I can't remember when, but I would say he... I don't know. I I try giving him a chance. I I, I have I I end up holding grudges over players I pick that never freaking pan out for my team. Then the next year have breakout freaking seasons. So I, I have a little bit of a grudge with him. Well, I'm just gonna tell you something. I saw a stat on Gisecki because I have him in my sleeper list, but I also have him on my bust list. I have him on both lists because people are gonna draft him too high, like Johnny. Yeah. And he's middle of the pack. He's gonna bust. Yeah, he's a little overrated at this point. And, but on the flip side, you might see some leagues that just skip over him. Someone picks him up on the waiver wire, and he might do well. Yeah. There was a stat I saw, and I don't remember which NFL reporter reported it. There was only one tight end to play all 16 games last year that did not break one single tackle on a catch. Jacecki. Jacecki is the first tight end in like three years to not have a broken tackle at some point in the year. Jeez. It was an insane stat. And if you watch his film, when he gets hit, he crumbles, and he goes right down. So he gets no yak, you know, he doesn't get any of that stuff. So it's just something to think about with Jacecki. That's fine. I said he'll be fine. Um, <laughs> okay. Austin, yeah. Hooper go- Austin Hooper going to Cleveland. I feel like he's going to get a lot of opportunity to make some plays. Number one tight end there. Uh, I know Njoku, they talking about, you know, trade requests and stuff like that. Hayden Hurst, I have, because now he's not in Baltimore. He's with Atlanta. So he's the number one uh, tight end option in Atlanta for Matt Ryan, Julio. And I got him so. on my sleeper list. Yeah, and then ten. Gir- uh, How many uh, people do you have on your sleeper list? I swear you have like five or ten guys. You're basically I the got, rest of the league on the sleeper, sleeper list. list. I got four guys on mine. I got two busts that I picked. I got to pick a couple more, but I have two busts there. We have to remember, there's only like 32, 35, 36 tight ends that are somewhat like decent. So the fact that we have a top ten and like twelve other guys on a sleeper list, you pretty much have the whole freaking league. Well. I got Cook. Not, I don't know if either of you, you didn't have Cook. I got Cook as my seventh tight end. Yeah. You know, in New Orleans. I got Ingram at eight. I got Goddard at nine. And I got somebody that most people don't think of. He came on really strong late last year, and I think he's going to have a really good year this year is Jonas Smith from Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Not a bad one. Because Tannehill does, does uh, target yeah. the tight end. So that's not a bad one. Jeff, did you say yours? No, I didn't yet. Uh, so uh, for six... Right, we're on six? No, we're seven. on seven. Sorry, seven. Uh, seven, I have uh, Higby, 
Uh, number eight, have Cook. Nine, Hunter Henry. And number 10, Gronk. Okay. Now, I'm going to get into my bus. I have Gronk as a bus because of this. Phil talked about it with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Also, O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray are also tight ends plus Gronk. So, I understand, you know, him and Brady have a chemistry, and but there's a lot of options for Brady. He may have an okay season, but I don't think he's going to be in the top 10 range. That's just my opinion. The other bust I have is Jared Cook. And the other reason I kind of have him, I understand he's with Drew Brees, and Drew Brees does tar- target the tight end. You, can have a, you don't have that many options, but I just feel that. You know, How many options? They have the, one of the best wide receivers in the freaking game with Michael Thomas. That's definitely open things. Everyone's going to be eyeing on him uh, to try to shut down Thomas in the passing game. They're going to leave Jared Cook wide open. I understand Jared. Well, it's good year. Cook, Cook, you hold grudges. Me with, with Cook, he just seems like he has a good year, has an off year, has a good year, has an okay year. So it's almost that, a toss-up. Well, I don't know his he stats were last six, year. He was the sixth <laughs> tight end in, fo- in football last year, fantasy-wise. How was he? How did he do the last couple of years? Uh, I'm, I actually just started pulling up his numbers right now. Well, you have to remember the, year, the one year he was with freaking uh, in St. Louis. So, uh. yeah. all right. So last last year in in New Orleans, he only started seven games. He played in fourteen of them, though. He had forty three catches and nine touchdowns, uh, seven hundred yards. So the year before, so this this proves you he has back to back bad. Good, he can't have good years. The year before in two thousand eighteen in Oakland. He had 68 catches on almost 900 yards and six touchdowns. So the one his last that, bad year was in Green Bay in 2016 when he had one touchdown and 30 catches, but he only played in five games. That's yeah, but he only played in – you shouldn't have had him because he only played in five games. Yeah. So you're an idiot for having a guy that only plays in five games on your team. <laughs> I said the one downside of Cook is he is very injury prone. So the – the, 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 if, 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 if you he's... look up and down the thing, he's – Seven starts, 14, 16, 5, 12, 6, yeah. 13, 5. He's very fragile. He's three years old. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Um, sleepers. I have Irv Smith Jr. from Minnesota, young emerging tight end. I have Eric Ebron from Pittsburgh because with Ben, if Ben's healthy, I think Screw Ebron. Ebron. What? Screw Ebron. I couldn't even have told you he wasn't on the Colts anymore. I didn't even know that. I'll say that dude's a freaking bust. Ever since he was freaking with uh, Detroit, I would have high hopes for him every single year. I'm like, okay, he's going to be one of those sleeper tight ends that's going to come out and and, and just develop. I would say he had your boy Matthew Stafford all those years, and he still couldn't freaking produce. And then he goes to freaking Indy last year. I don't don't even know what the hell he even did. I'm not not too high hopes on him with Pittsburgh, especially if Big Ben freaking gets rattled again and gets knocked out of a game is done for the year. First of all, you don't call Matt Stafford my boy. I put him in the. He's top your boy. You put him in the numbers. freaking top ten with everyone under the sun. List. No, no, no. If people listen back, they know I didn't put him number two. Yeah, it, it wasn't that high. You can no, calm down with that. The other guys I have is I have um, Blake Jarwin with Dallas. That's definitely a one. Hey, he's taking over for Jason Witten. Dak freaking loves uh, going underneath to the to the, uh, to the tight end. He's going to develop that chemistry with him, I think. And I would say C.D. Lamb and and Mari Cooper, everyone's going to be eyeing him up. It's going to open things in the middle for, for Jarwin. So I, I would say he's, he's one of those guys you can get in a, in a later round. 
Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be your first tight end off, uh, first tight end starter right off the bat, but if you can get him for depth or a flex position, he could be a decent target for a lot of people. And then the last one I have is Jay Sternberger in Green Bay. Um, did that with Aaron Rodgers. I'm just Aaron Rodgers seems to. The thing with Green Bay is they don't have any playmakers because they don't draft anybody or sign anybody. Just other quarterbacks. But going back on Eric Ebron, I guess you really can't call him a sleeper because he did have 66 catches, 750 yards, and 13 touches last year. So I guess you can kind of put him in. He had 13 touchdowns with the Colts? Yeah, last year. God damn. They, 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 who did? He, he's apparently saying Abr- uh, Ebron had 13 touchdowns no, last I year. I think that was 2018. Was that 2018? Oh, it was 2018 that he had 13 touchdowns. Okay, so yeah, he kept last, He had three yeah, TDs no. last year for 375 yeah. yards on 31 targets. He only played only in 11 six. games. Two starts, yeah. So, no. That, yeah, he had 13 a couple so years ago. Okay, so he can't be a sleeper. When yeah, I pulled right. it up, it had it backwards. Yeah, he had a major uh, letdown from the year before. So, and that was it. I'm going to throw a name. I'm going to throw a name. I don't know what you guys think of him. I didn't watch a lot of his games. I'm just looking at the rest of the team around him. Um, you know, great young wide receivers, a super young, and I'm not buying into him as a quarterback in Drew Locke, is uh, Noah Fant, Denver's tight end. Yeah. He came on strong last year, had a couple touchdowns late in the year. He also – I had it up, but I had to change it to Ebron because I had to prove that Ebron did not have 13 <laughs> touchdowns. But he, he had 40 catches last year. But he's a 22-year-old rookie. So I don't think that's that bad, and they have so many weapons around him. That that middle of the field with all those young, speedy wide receivers is going to be open for him. Did he missed games know. last year. I thought I thought he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, he didn't miss a lot. He no, he played in all sixteen games. He started eleven, played dressed oh, no, in all sixteen. His, no, it was Hawkinson who played with Detroit, who played with him in Iowa. That's why I got the two. Uh, but no, no, Noah Fant is a. He's one of those hybrid tight ends, almost like a big, big slot receiver. Mm-hmm. And with all, with all, like you said, with all those receivers that Denver has. That's absolutely a, a good pick to be a sleeper, a late round uh, player. Well, I don't know. I mean, I have on my sleeper list. I don't know if he's a sleeper, in my opinion, or not. I just, I, everybody's high on Drew Locke. And yeah. I, I didn't, I know his numbers weren't bad last year, but I'm not sure why people are so high on him. Yeah, I don't know. They, they, I think it's almost a, I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's almost like a Josh Allen effect. I feel like he has all the tools there. And he showed a little, showed some flashes and a little bit of something towards the end of last year. So people seem to, you know, fall in love a little bit. They, they, they people fall in love with potential. I would say people, yeah. people will see like, let's see, look, look at Eagles fans for instance. I would say Greg Ward, he performs for a couple games, and then all of a sudden he's like the next coming of Terrell Owens. So but he didn't uh, even perform. He like had like one game with four catches. Exactly. Uh, the best, the best thing I was watching an old preseason game and. Do you remember the name Michael Gasperson back yeah. in like the early 2000s? Yeah. I remember that because that, that was almost like before, because a couple of years ago we had what? The Paul Turner. Everyone mm-hmm. was. Want him on the roster. Right then, keep Paul Turner, Paul Turner, Paul Turner. And, you know, yeah, they had him on the roster. He played in 2016, but he, he had no speed. It wasn't. Just bringing it all full circle. There was a reason why he was undrafted. (laughs) I was just going to say that there's, you know, we talked about protecting practice squatters for this upcoming season. Yet there's a reason why some of these guys were on practice squads and no one poached them because there is no protection. Paul Turner's, the Greg Wards, they weren't anything special. 
the thing, the, the, the thing with practice squads is you, 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 you can use them as, you know, gadget players to help you prepare for opponents too. But you have some practice squad players that turn out to become a pro bowler here and there every once in a blue moon. It happens, but it's not, not going to happen all the time. You yeah. may get a serviceable player here and there. You may get a player who's like the same thing with undrafted players. The Eagles have in the Andy Reid era, they had a good number of guys that were undrafted that turned into quality starters. Jamal Jackson, Quentin Michael, Hank Fraley. There were players that, you know, and I'm leaving a bunch off, but there were players that, you know, they weren't all, all pros or pro bowlers, but they were serviceable players. And that's what you hope that you get out of a practice squad player, someone who can provide and, but you, you, you have to remember the era that they were in. I would say back then the salary cap wasn't through the roof what it was. You you had to build your team possibly off of practice squad guys or undrafted free agents. In today's NFL, I would say with the with the salary cap of the way it is, the way you can overpay for players and pay uh, and, w- and with free agency the way it is, I would say you build you build your team through free agency in the draft. Those those are your two main things. Occasionally you might pick up a guy or find a guy and that was undrafted or that uh, or that was a practice squad to perform here and there but 99% of these guys are not meant to be on NFL roster I would I would use I would say it loosely that you build you don't build through free agency no I was saying between those between those two because you can't win by just getting free agents the draft is one of the most important things the thing is that unfortunately it is what it is but the draft's a crapshoot you don't know but you don't but of course we were talking fantasy football, so yeah. we went a little bit haywire. Oh. I mean, you can only talk about fantasy tight end so much. Yeah, exactly. You're really, really worried. When we come down to a draft, and if you're worried about your tight end to carry your team, you I think problems. you have other issues when you're drafting, you know, your team. You know, you, you, you shouldn't be taking your tight end in the first round. You know, let's, let's no. just say – you know, not even in the first five or seven rounds should you be taking a tight end. Because honestly, yeah. I would say outside probably the top five, maybe top eight, most of these tight ends, I would say, on a consistent week-to-week basis are, are, aren't going to be winning your fantasy league for you for that week. So I'll, I'll be brutally honest. <laughs> I'll let you guys know that when we do our all about the Verge fantasy draft, my last three picks will be my tight end, kicker, and defense. Tough. I will not draft them till the last three rounds. It's just not necessary. Defense, defense. Depending on who it is, I don't, I don't. I'll draft before like my last three picks, maybe like my last like five or so or something. Like depending how quickly I, 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 I do defense, I'll take two defensive play, two cheap defenses, two cheap tight ends, and and a kicker, and I'll play matchups. That's all I'll do. The two I'll, times, I'll change my defense every week based off of matchups. Tie him sometimes. That I went high and tried to get defenses were when. The Chiefs had Dante Hall, because special teams is in it too. And when the Bears had De- Devin Hester, just because those special those teams, points, yeah, those points alone, the special yeah, teams yeah. aspect. And of course, the Bears had a great defense, so the Bears defense went early because it was a, a good defense. That Bear but, defense was really good, but it did not last and not sustain very long. No, but Charles Tillman would always get a touchdown and a fumble recovery or something. He's just he not. But uh, no, with I, I understand where you're coming from with that, especially. Think about with defenses now, with the, the way the offensive game plans are and the way you can't do anything yeah. on defense, you kind of – the matchup aspect is smart. And kickers, I never take a kicker early. It's the stupidest thing to do. Should be your last pick in fantasy. Anybody yeah. listening that doesn't know fantasy, your kicker should be your last pick. How many You're fantasy leagues have you won? Losing. 
How many? A lot. I've never deposited a single penny online in any <laughs> fantasy league. I have cashed out every single year. How many times were you the champion? Plenty of times. I don't know. I don't keep track of those. You need to keep track of that. Remember, I, 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 remember, saying, I had you... the only undefeated ever season, and I got kicked out of my own league because I went undefeated <laughs> because they thought I was cheating because I went undefeated. It was just because I was smarter than everybody else. Jeff, didn't you go because we because we had a league last year? Didn't you go undefeated and then losing the first round in May? Yeah, I it was last it was last year the year before one of those years I like yeah I went undefeated or like only lost one game and I lose in the freaking first round of the freaking pl- uh, playoffs. Yeah, because what happened? I think, I think it was last year because you were, um, you were I thought, I thought you were twelve and zero, and then I was. Um, I don't remember. And, that or no, or no, it might have been the year before. I think I lost the Peter because someone had, I think, Travis Kelsey, and he had like a game-winning touchdown, like in overtime or like at the what, like the end of the game or something. And all of a sudden, I lost. I, I think I lost by like one point or so. I had like I think I think I had like a forty or fifty point lead at that point, and he had like two players left, and Travis Kelsey had like three touchdowns that game. I can't remember what happened, but yeah. The best the best thing is anybody who's listening that winds up joining the league and play Jeff has to trash talk him because it's the best thing. So everyone's going to be trash talking Jeff and getting on him. Hey, they tr- people trash talk the best player in the league. So come uh, at me, bro. Right. Come at me, bro. Bring it. But with that, it's great to end on. And, you know, I want to thank all our listeners, uh, all our followers, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, we appreciate appreciate it. Uh, you can follow all about the birds at AAT Birds. You can follow Phil at Beard of Knowledge. You can follow Jeff at Eagles Pulse Jeff. You can follow myself at Johnny U nine three two two. And with that, all I need to say, guys, go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Do what you gotta do. Do it. You feel what's about to happen on this field, man? Yeah.